This message by Pastor Sunday Balogun was recorded live at Rainbow Charismatic Center. Be blessed as you listen. Verse 26. Exodus chapter number 16. Verse 26. Thank you, most beautiful Holy Spirit, for your glorious presence. Trust that you have your way. You'll give understanding to the simple this morning. Because you are here to glorify the Lord Jesus. Six days you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, they shall be none. Six days you shall gather it, but on the Sabbath, on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there shall be none. So I want to speak to us this morning on rest. Please help me squeeze the hand of the person seated close to you gently. Don't squeeze it hard. Say rest. Rest. From my years of study of scriptures and from my work with the Holy Spirit, I realize, you know, that the love of God, the goodness of God, and the grace of God can even be mastered without opening the New Testament part of the Bible. If a teacher of the word cannot preach the gospel from the Old Testament part of the Bible, then he doesn't understand the gospel yet. Because everything we now see in the gospel, in the epistles, they are truths that are the Old Testament, however, not amplified. Okay? So what we are seeing right now is the amplification of the Bible says in Genesis that God made everyone on the earth in six days and on the seventh day, God did what? He rested. Now, let's bear in mind that the days numbered in Genesis, really, they are not according to as in just like the days we have it now. Okay? And that's why sometimes you see that scientists will tell you that certain creation have been in existence for millions and billions of years. Alright? You know, certain things they say that has been in existence for millions of years and all of that. Now, it is not as if they are actually contradicting scripture. There is no contradiction. Okay? Now, in the Bible, particularly in Genesis, and I think I've, I've shared this with us before as human beings, I think among the workers, there are different calendars running concurrently in our lives. Right? There are different calendar. If today is your birthday now, okay? Practically, today is your old new year, right? If next week, maybe on the 5th of March, is your wedding anniversary, that is another calendar, okay? If the 7th of March is the day you graduate from college, that is another calendar. So there are several calendars running concurrently in our lives, right? And so in Genesis, there were several calendars running, okay? There were multiple calendars running. And so some things have been in existence for longer than the time that you know, the one way, as in the particular years, we count of the days of the earth, right? So let us not see that scientists are contradicting the word of God. But in the numbers of the earth, in God's administration of the earth, Bible says that God rested after he had completed his work. And 
and this particular sense of this revelation was lost on humanity until God began to reintroduce it again in this particular text we have just read. When the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt, this word rest was not in their vocabulary. In fact, they don't know what rest is because their taskmaster made them labor ceaselessly. They were working every day, every hour. Alright? Now everyone who came out of captivity, particularly the male, their backs were beating, their hands were strong because they've been bearing mortars and been working like slaves all their lives. And so as they started a new experience with God, as they encountered the love and the power of God, God needed to begin to adjust their mentality. Alright? God needed to begin to change how these people think. Because you cannot really work with God until you start to have a change of mentality. You cannot experience the beauty or the glory, redemption, the benefits of redemption until your mentality change. Alright? And so as they came into the wilderness, they saw the power of God. They saw the rest part and they began to feed on manna. They didn't know the source, they didn't labor for. Bible told us that this manna is actually the food of angels. So God supernaturally was providing them with the and they were feeding, you know, so well. And because these guys were used to working and depending on their self-effort, on their labor, right? God said to them, the man I'm providing for you, you will only gather in six days. Now this is God bringing them back to the realm he originally created them for. Hallelujah. The same God who works six days and rests on the seventh day, he's not bringing them back into the realm he desired for them. So he said to them, you will gather this manner for six days. You gather on Monday, you gather on Tuesday, and then on the seventh day, you will rest. You will not gather. And then these guys, a few of them were like, What will happen if we don't make provision for the next day? Are we not going to go hungry because these guys have been using to leave it from hand to mouth? All right? So if we don't, if we don't have to gather, how we have food? So God said to them, Don't worry. All right? Because the, the system of the manner is that what you gather for a day will only last you for that day. If you try to keep it to the following day, it's going to get spoiled. All right, you will not be able to eat it. So you only gather for a day. But this same God who gave them the instruction of gathering for each day said that on the sixth day, gather double portion. What will last you for the following day? Now, what you gather for the next day is not going to get spoiled because I gave you the permission to do that. Do you understand? I'm serving. I'm going to preserve it, right? And then if you read the book of Exodus, that God then still had issue with that. So what did God say to them? Do not go out to labor and struggle on the seventh day. He wanted them to rest. Now this is the experience they've never had all their lives. They've been slaves working daily, working every moment. But God said, you are not going to work on the seventh day. You shall rest. Isn't that amazing? So when you study this Bible very carefully, you realize that God is just so amazing. He's just so caring. He's just so loving. So this is the first time this word, Sabbath, was mentioned in the Bible. Now understand that for the Jews, and by this um, particular time, all right, the Sabbath is a Saturday. And those who practice Judaism, the Jews, for instance, today, they meet in their synagogues on Saturday. Some on Friday night, some on Saturday morning. So Sabbath is not Sunday morning. We are not here observing Sabbath. Sabbath is meant for who go to synagogue. This is not a synagogue. This is a church, right? And synagogue is the worship place for the Jews, those who practice Judaism. And it is on a Saturday. Right? Now, but what God did here was actually a shadow of something to come. Let's take it step by step this morning. 
Let's take a step by step this morning. In Luke chapter 13, Luke chapter 13, verse number 16. Luke 13, 16. Jesus was in the synagogue on a Sabbath to observe the Sabbath because he was a Jew and he come to keep the law, to fulfill the law. So Jesus goes to the Sabbath every, uh, go to the synagogue every Sabbath, right? To worship the Almighty God. And so Jesus was in the synagogue on this particular day and he saw a woman who was bent over like a woman had hunched back or was paralyzed, you know? And these people, the Pharisees, those who have been familiar with his uh, operation, whenever he comes to a synagogue or he sees people, they began to focus on Jesus. Let us see if he's going to do a good work today that is Sabbath. Alright? Okay, let's flash our mind back to Exodus. When God instituted the Sabbath, God never said not to relieve a person of burden. Right? What God said is that don't go out like to struggle. I want you to rest. That was the essence. Alright? Don't go out to say you are going to toil. But this time they have not entered into Canaan. They were still in the wilderness. Okay? The system is that don't want you to rest on Sabbath. Rest. And so God never said you are not to lift your body from people. He never said you are not to help the who is stranded on Sabbath. Man have a way of twisting God's principle. It seems that we we naturally like hard life. We like we like difficult things. Not only do we like it, we also like to make life difficult for other people. Hallelujah. Like I said on Thursday, the average Nigerian. But you see, if you have this consciousness, this belief that it is until you go through pain, all right, before you'll be wise and strong. If you believe that you need adversity, all right, if you have that consciousness that I need adversity to be strong or to grow, you will see that naturally, unconsciously, you'll be accepting pain. When good things come to you, look for how to quickly get out of the good things so that pain can come back. Because you have been told that you grow through pains. Hallelujah. There was this young man, this is a life story in America. A business guy, you know, and was working and earns good money, makes good money. But every single time he makes huge money, somehow he would for how to scatter the money. The money just must leave his hand in a short while. It was not about, it was not as if the devil was after this guy. There was a seed his mother planted in him when he was young. The mother had told him that wealthy people are greedy people. That if we are rich, you are greedy. You know, there are poor people who think that way. When they see people who are rich, they think they are greedy. Why must he have five cars when others don't have anyone? Why should he have estate, have estate scattered all over when others have no place to sleep? Listen, the rich are not the problem of the poor. If you are a poor person and you hate the rich, you will never be rich. If you think that the rich are your problem, there is no way you can be successful financially. Your mindset needs to change. Look at those who are always attacking the rich. They don't get, they don't prosper in life. Until a psychologist was able to help him identify that the root cause why you are wasteful, why you are always throwing everything out so you can go back to pain, is because of that seed. And until that was corrected, the guy could not retain wealth. Praise Jesus. And so sometimes we, we program ourselves for pain. We program ourselves for 
for poverty. And that's why you see sometimes you wonder why some people are just taking actions that is making life more miserable for them. It seems that they like the poverty, they like the pain, they like the sickness. So when you are trying to get them out, they just do things. They will intentionally do things that will get them back into the pain. Some like the attention they get. You know, when they are sick, people are calling them. You know, they are always calling them. Of recent, I had to do this to my elder sister. You know, she's been falling sick every now and then. I think uh, she's not, she can't see this. She can't hear this. Shade. Praise God. Praise Jesus. I'm a practical person. I like to know that this word of God is very, very practical. Last year, December, the Holy Spirit said to me that she was coming to Lagos to bid us farewell. I just got that in the spirit. So she just got that she's coming to Lagos. And the Lord said to me that she's coming to like see us for the last time so that she can die. So I called the daughter in England. I said, this is what your mother is coming around to do. So let's quickly address this. And when she came to Lagos, you know, interrogated her. Then I began to speak hope, impart hope into her. The daughter also did the same from UK and she became more lively and went back to her base. And then last month, early last month, middle of the night, I think as early as 3 a.m., she called and she was saying bye-bye. It's ah, pastor, pastor, take care of my daughter, take care of your sister, take care of her, don't leave her. And I was getting irritated. Now, listen, if not for understanding of spiritual realities, you know, I begin to question my stand with God because I pray for my family. I stand in the gap. You begin to say, ah, God, why now? Ah, why will my sister now want to die? This want to happen and all that. But I knew that this has nothing to do with the devil. This is about her mind. This is about her mind. So I said to her, I said, shut up. Stop this. Stop this thing you are saying. I said, stop it. You are not dying. You are not going anywhere. I got angry and you know, I had to call on my other siblings and you know. They rushed out to the hospital. I said, go to the hospital. Call somebody. Um, it's not prayer you need. They need to take you to the hospital. And then guess what said? When she was rushed to the hospital, they discovered that it's just something that could be solved. And then, you know, gave her some treatment and she got better. Right? And a few days after, I think a day after she was discharged from the hospital, got back home. She's alive today and she'll still live many years. You know, this is what I'm getting at. So my wife called me one time. My wife like, have you called her? Have you called her? Have you called? I said, I'm, I'm not. How am I raising? You see, some people like the attention they get when they are down. They like that they are calling me. Ah, how are you? Sorry, oh, hey, ah. Sometimes, and you need to, you need to deny them of that attention that they need, so they can stand on their feet. I said, I don't, I'm not. I'm not giving you. Go and take the water. Because the more you are giving them that attention, the more they will be craving it. Do you understand? Please, let's get it psychology. Children in particular, when you give them undue attention when they are ill, they will always want to accommodate sickness. Any little thing they want to go down because they know that daddy, anything I ask, daddy will buy it. So something that they should naturally reject because the mind, if you accept anything in your mind, the body, it is the brain that sends signal to your body. Alright? Once you accept it in your head, the body will fall. But once the mind stands against it, before you know it, the body begins to resist and be able to fight all of this. Do we understand, sir? So if you, if you accommodate pain, 
If you think that you need suffering, you always suffer in life. You'll be, t- you'll be doing things that will bring suffering. And it's unfortunate that many of us are just like that. Would you be doing things that is making your life worse? You are conditioning yourself for pain, for hardship, for poverty. And so these Pharisees, they twisted the law of God to make life difficult for other people. Bodies that they themselves could not bear. Now, I hear some funny, ignorant young believers. You know, the way they rubbish the law of Moses and rubbish Moses, I guess so irritated. As though Moses wrote the law. Moses did not write the law. God gave him the laws. Do we understand? The law was not of Moses. Moses did not design the law. It was God who personally wrote on those tablets and gave it to Moses. If you are around during the past one month, I've been talking about understanding grace, right? The same suffering God, the same lawgiver now showed up in the person of Jesus. He's the lawgiver. I'm going to interpret the law to you. And so as he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath, he saw that woman who was bent over. And these Pharisees who have twisted the law, who have turned the law to a burden that others they could not bear, they began to look. And then Jesus was so angry. He said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be set free on the Sabbath? And suddenly declare the woman healed. So what did Jesus do? Why did he do this? This particular miracle was a demonstration of the real meaning of Sabbath. Hallelujah. Now that's what Jesus did. He said, he told those guys, listen, you guys don't get it. You twisted it. This is what Sabbath is. Rest. I am the lawgiver. I gave the law. This is the meaning of the law that I gave. It is about rest. And this woman, for 18 years, she's not had a rest. She's been bent over. It's time we end this pain. And suddenly, the pain of the woman ended. Please bear this in mind. What I'm about to say now is very important. You get it. It will help you in understanding the Bible in dividing truths. There are there are laws, all right, of the old covenant that are no longer applicable to the new creation in method. Please get this, all right? In method. But the underlining principles of those laws are still applicable. For many of the laws of God, even though we are now in the New Testament, you realize that the underlying principles of those law are internal. They are timeless. For instance, the law, when God gave them the Ten Commandments, he said, right? He said, you shall honor your father and your mother. Right? Right? Apostle Paul, in the book of Ephesians, chapter number five, chapter number six, he repeated that thing. He said, children, obey your parents. Right? 
in the Lord. For this is the first commandment with promise that your days may be long on the earth. But then you see, the Bible says that we are no longer under the law, right? That the law has been abolished. How come Apostle Paul, the man who had the full revelation of grace, is now quoting the law? What is Paul doing? The method of the law, we are not under it. But the underlying principle of the law, we practice. Are you getting this thing, sir? So, honor is an everlasting principle. Do we get it? Honor is what? An everlasting principle. And so, Sabbath. Yes, we don't congregate on Saturday. Listen, it is not even the day we converge that matters. Do we understand? It is not about Saturday, Sunday. It is not about it. It is the underlying principle which is rest. Glory be to God. And so this guy didn't get it. So give the woman rest on the Sabbath. Let's proceed. Let's just get proper foundation. Let me not rush. Romans chapter 10 verse number 4. Romans 10 4. For Christ is what? Huh? For Christ is what? Can we all read it together? Let's read it together. For Christ is what? For Christ is what? Is the end of the law for righteousness to what? To everyone who believes. So it says that Christ is the end of the law. He is the lawgiver. He's the same one who came to terminate the law that that system is no longer oppressional but the underlying principle is everlasting do we get that now okay let's proceed Matthew chapter 5 verse number 17 Matthew 5 17 Do not think that I, Jesus, I came to destroy the law or the prophets. But I came. Okay, do not think that I have come to destroy the law of the prophet. I did not come to destroy, but to do what? To fulfill it. Please bear in mind, the laws, the inspirational writings of the prophet, all came from him. Alright? So he said, I didn't come to destroy them because I gave those laws. I gave those words. I have only come to fulfill or perform those words. And so the law of Sabbath that he, he gave, he came to perform it. Alright? He came to fulfill it. And that's what Jesus Christ did to the woman. He's beginning to tell these Pharisees, listen, the method has changed. The operation of Sabbath has changed. Tell your neighbor, say shift. That's what Jesus Christ told these guys. Listen, the method, the operation of Sabbath has changed. It is no longer like you are keeping it. Because this one you guys are doing, you are the one who formed this law. It's called dogma. You are the one who have twisted, who have added to these things. I've come to show you the real essence of Sabbath. Why I gave it to your fathers when they came out of Egypt. I've come to demonstrate that to you. So let's go back to our Luke, this our Mark. Mark, I think we read chapter 2 to the last verse this morning, okay? Let's take it from verse 22. Uh, then I'm going to also jump to chapter number 3. Mark 
I told us before we got into this that we're going to be doing a lot of study, okay? So let's prepare our hearts to study. This is how you enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Okay, let's take it there from verse 23. Now it's happened that he went through the, the grain fields on the Sabbath, Jesus, with his disciples. So he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the hairs of the grain. Okay. So we don't get ahead of ourselves. The first time God gave the, the commandment, the law about Sabbath, they were in the wilderness. Right? They were feeding on manna. Once they entered Canaan, the system of observing Sabbath changed because manna ceased. Remember Joshua 5, 12, right? Manna ceased and in that same year they began to eat of the fruit of the land. And so, what they now have to do on the Sabbath is that you walk Monday or like maybe Sunday through Friday and on Sabbath, on the Saturday, you go to synagogue, you rest and you have fun. The disciples of Jesus Christ, they have left their tree. They have left everything they do. The fisherman has stopped fishing. He's not following Jesus. I like, so this guy don't have reserve. Do you get it now? So they are following Jesus. And so Jesus, the Lord giver, the one who gave Sabbath, was going about with his disciples. These guys were hungry. Alright? They were hungry. They needed to eat on the Sabbath. And so they saw um, ripe fruit and all that stuff. And they began to pluck and eat. Guess what? The Pharisees monitoring spirits. They saw them. So they said, look at you and your disciples. How dare you? How dare you pluck fruit and eat? On the Can you imagine these guys? So they should die of hunger. In another instance, Jesus said to them, you know I was challenging about this same issue. He said, which of you here, okay, that your animal we fall into a dish, right? On the Sabbath. Now you will not go after or uh, go and rescue your animal on the Sabbath. Every one of them could not answer because they will all go and rescue their animal. And so they wanted these guys to die of hunger because it's a Sabbath. As a, their own is just to monitor people. Have you observed that people who are legalistic, they monitor others? Praise God. They, they will just live their own life and be monitoring the lives of other people. Jesus Christ said, you have log of wood in your own eyes. Then you want to remove a speck from another person's eye. That's how legalistic people are. They like to focus on other people's problems. Other people's weaknesses. And so Jesus Christ was angry. The Lord giver himself. Alright? Okay, let's quickly look at something here. Bible says that the glory of this dispensation exceeds the glory of Moses, right? But you know that when Moses came down from the mountain, Bible said that the people could not look at his face because of that glory. He had to wear a veil. The presence of God was so strong. Nobody comes there, Moses. Alright? But the exceeding glory, God himself clothed with humanity, Jesus Christ on earth. Though the glory exceed, you will see that People were able to interact with him. The glory of Moses repel, but the glory of Christ attracts. We read this morning, see, that Jesus, he will go and sit with task collectors, outcasts, and he will eat with them. The glory of Moses will kill them. 
that former glory we repel them you can't come it's too strong powerful man but this most powerful when people were comfortable in his presence they will come they will sit and talk with them his own glory though stronger that glory attracts that glory compel hallelujah Let's, let's go down. Okay, look, post it there. And then the Pharisees said to him, look, why do, why do they do what they do? It's not lawful on the Sabbath. Let's rush it. And But he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry and those, and he and those who were with him? How he went into the house of God, the temple, in the days of Abiata the high priest, and if they show bread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest. And he also gave some to those who were within. What is the show bread? Okay, I will not go into full detail. I think you should know. If you have been in this church for some time, you should know it. There were ten bread. Alright? Must be kept on the table. Alright? In the holy place. Ten. Five here. Five here. Alright? And so this bread, the only people who had a legal standing to eat it were the priests. David and his team were stranded. They were running for their life. You know, Saul was going to kill them. And so, they had no food to eat. So, as David got into the temple, he met the priest, Abiata. And he said, your, your holiness, sir. Anything for the boys? These guys were hungry. And Abiata said, Abiata knew that the hand of God was upon David. That it is the Lord's anointed. And the lost anointed should not die of hunger. Hallelujah. So he said, he said the lost anointed. There is no casual bread here. Except the sacred bread. And because you are the lost anointed, I think you are entitled to it. Hallelujah. And so David said, sir, boys must not die. And they were given shoe bread. And David and his men ate that shoe bread. And they had rest for their soul. You know, when they ate the bread, there was rest for their soul. So Jesus like, okay, you guys claim that you know the law, you know the book so well. Have you not read that part where David, the greatest king you've had, where he did that? Let's proceed. So there are exceptions. Don't forget the sovereignty of God. Don't forget that. And he said to them, the Sabbath or the Sabbath was made for what? And not man for the Sabbath. This is what the Pharisees did. They have turned man slave to the Sabbath. Whereas, God instituted the Sabbath for man. Are we getting this thing? In other words, man is more important than days. Man is more important than holidays. Hallelujah. Do you know of everything that God made, time and season and all of these things we have, the entire universe, man is the most valuable. God will value his man more than time, more than the sun, more than the moon, more than everything he has made. Hallelujah. But this religious guy did not know it. So they have turned men to a slave of time. If you violate it, they will task you. 
they were leaving fat on the people. So he said, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. The essence why I designed, instituted Sabbath was for my man to have rest. Hallelujah. Don't forget the first mention of Sabbath in the Bible, right? The reason why I instituted it is so that these ones can rest. I made the Sabbath for man. Man is not made for God. So let's go to chapter 3 now of Mark. Mark chapter number 3. Oh, glory to God. And our Lord Jesus, he entered the synagogue again. It is his tradition to observe the synagogue, go to the synagogue every Sabbath. And he entered the synagogue again. And a man was there who had a withered hand. And so, they watched him closely. Monitoring spirits. As in watching the Lord giver himself. They watched him closely whether he will heal him on the Sabbath. These guys are slow learners. They are so slow at learning. Whether he will heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Accusers of the brethren. So they might accuse him. And he said to the man, hey, Jesus, my Lord. He knew the thought of their heart. And this time I won't even start to want to engage them. I don't have your time. What is, where is the man with that hand? You know, if there are people you have been trying to correct, you've been trying to open their eyes, and you know, it's becoming difficult, you know what to do? Leave them. Jesus Christ said, if you go to a place that you preach the gospel and they reject you, he said, dust your shoe. Move to another place. They are not the only people that need to hear the gospel. At least they've had opportunity to hear it once. Don't kill yourself because of them. Hallelujah. That's one of the principles I'm living by now. I cannot come and go and die like you say it. Yeah. If I say that it's not working, I'm trying to, if I'm trying to help you and you're not responding, I leave you to your faith. Praise God. You are not the only human being on earth. I will move. Hallelujah. I go and try my luck with someone else. Hallelujah. No, it's just the system of Jesus. I'm, that hard life, I've, I've deleted it. Trying to raise a dead horse. I'm done with it. If you say you don't want to resurrect, God bless you. I'll go for the living. <laughs> no, no. I cannot be laboring, wasting my time over you for years, telling you the same thing. You know, like, I'll just leave you. Know? Just stay where you are problem. Carry your cross. I go and look for people who are responsive that I can. You understand? Praise God. Progress is sweet. Success is, is very sweet. Okay. And so Jesus, he left these guys who are slow learners. And then he looked at the guy who had a withered hand. And he said, you are my food. You are my target. It seems that every time Jesus sees people who are in need and who are responsive, he gets excited. You know, there are attitudes you put up that trigger the anointing. That activate the anointing. Hallelujah. Do I have people understand this this morning? There are expressions, there are attitudes that activate and pull the anointing. A man can be full of grace, full of revelation, full of power and be in your presence and you will not be blessed. You will just be there. You will just 
You just not drain anything. But there are others who know how to drain. They don't have to touch. They can be far. They can be anywhere. They have the expression. They have the attitude to draw that grace. Hallelujah. And so Jesus saw this man who had a withered hand and said, Step forward. You are my food. And as the man stepped forward, the next verse. Then he said to him, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? You keep us of the law. To save life or to kill. But they kept silent. They couldn't talk. Because if they said to do evil, it will now be obvious to people who have been afraid of speaking before. Say, hey. So this is what you guys have been doing. And if they say to do good, they will say, they will say hey. so why have you not been? So it was a dilemma. They, they dare not say a word. So they just kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, the Lord gave her. When you look at Jesus, don't just see a boy from Nazareth. He's God. Alright? God clothed with humanity. God who gave the law. The law giver, he was angry. You guys have twisted my law. You have missed the essence of this law. You have turned it to something else. You have made it a body. You missed it. And he looked at them in anger, being grieved. By what? By the hardness of their hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. What did Jesus do again? He demonstrated this is the essence of Sabbath. It is rest. This man has not had rest. Sabbath is not really about the day. It is about rest for my man. This man has not had rest. And I came to give him rest. And the withered man, the man with the withered hand, was the most blessed person in that meeting, that synagogue that day. Because he experienced the real essence of Sabbath. Let's end it, verse number 6. Hallelujah. Then the Pharisees, they went out and immediately plotted with the Herodias against him how they might do what? Destroy. Can you imagine? If these guys who have appeared to be very religious, who saw themselves as the custodians of the law, their motive, if their intentions were right, shouldn't they be excited? Now look at what happened at the synagogue today. This guy that we have not been able to help with a withered hand. He got his hand restored. Shouldn't they be happy? They left sad. They left. Do you know there are people they don't like to see people smile and happy? Do you know? Why are they laughing? They think you should always be sad. Let me quickly drop this. Be wary of people, eh? When good things happen to you, they don't call you. They don't text you. They don't WhatsApp you. They don't talk to you. They don't congratulate or celebrate you. But once something bad happens, they are the first to say, Ah, I heard, oh, 
So I say, I should call to say sorry. They're the first to, to WhatsApp you. They're the first to SMS you. Such people, they're enemies. How come you don't see me when good things happen? How come when I post a picture of my, my, new, my baby or my wedding, you don't comment, you don't say congratulations? That one you don't like. So I just wrote now that I had an accident. So you are, you, now you know I'm alive. They are not friends. I know, listen, I know. I know because of, because, because, because we are used to pain. We think that our friends are only known in times of pain. Bible says a good friend loves at all times. At all times. Those who are standing by you in times of pain, they are trying to see you finish. Hallelujah. They want to see you finish. Yeah, they, are looking, they, want, they are looking for what gossip materials to pick. You say, you know what? When they, when they leave you, they are all these sorry, sorry. When they now leave you, they go and say, ah, that guy, they suffer. Oh. Ah, that guy. See, they suffer. If you know what she's going through now, it is not they will not remember that this life. Eh? Say, don't mind this thing you are seeing on social media. Oh, if you know what she's going ah, ah. They won't go and pray for you. No. They will not be using your, your pain, your temporary challenge to console them, themselves. They are frustrated people. How come when things are going well, you don't come to say, ah, wow, how are you doing it? Celebrate with me. But once you just say something bad, you are coming to identify. Enemies of progress. Bad energy. Far away. Hallelujah. So these guys just left. All these things you are saying, they are not new. Religious people. It's very religious. They just form a gang immediately. Say, come, 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 come. That's the way they just speak themselves in the, in the crowd, the synagogue. Whoosh. Urgent meeting. Urgent board meeting. All of them come. You see what that guy did? You see what he did? What's that rubbish? What's, what's that rubbish? How can he hit the man? How can he? He must die. Let's bring him down. His ministry must go down. See the way, see the way they are trooping to his church now. He said, "Why is he making them laugh? Why are they laughing in church?" You see, you see, what's this? What's what's this new thing they are teaching? What's this new thing? They are laughing in church. Let's bring him down. If you are working for God, will you want to bring anybody down? Even if you understand their own ways of operation, you may not like their way of operation, but you don't want to bring. To bring anybody down, and they call their meeting. Let's start. Let's bring it down. Bible said, from that day, what is offense? It gave people rest. This is why they want. The Bible said, from that day, they said he must die. Why? He didn't steal. He didn't kill. He didn't cause pain. The only thing Jesus did was to give people rest. So, because of giving people rest, he must die. Can you imagine this Jesus? And they were looking for, from that moment, they began to look for opportunity. He must die. Little did they know that killing him is what will now make that rest a system. Is alive. He is limited to Nazareth. 
for a space at a time. That light cannot become a universal system. They didn't know. If Satan had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they plotted. Satan inspired them. Cain, for everyone, they didn't know that by killing him, millions and billions will be healed, will be delivered. Light of God. This is why my Lord did not resist. He had the power to stop them from killing him. He could have just snapped his finger and all of them would be dead. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. And right there on the cross, even before he took his last breath, before he took his last breath, he still gave another man rest. This Jesus. His appetite to drink good. As in, this is somebody going through pain. He's going to take his last breath. He saw a guy. Ah, you deserve the pain. You deserve judgment. The guy just looked. He said, Jesus, I recognize you are the son of God. Please remember me in your kingdom. And my Lord Jesus, my Jesus, he was going to take his last breath. Let me... Let me give you a smile. He turned to the guy. I'm very sure Jesus didn't say it like this. He had to turn to the guy. Guy, you got it. This day. Listen, that day was his own Sabbath. Sabbath is no longer a Saturday or a Sunday. (laughs) Oh, light of God. That day was a Friday. But he said to that guy, this day I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. He gave the guy rest. And when he was taking his last breath, he said, it is finished. By that statement, he made rest a system for all of mankind. Glory to God. All you have to do to enter the rest is be like this guy now. See this guy who just got into it. He wasn't qualified. He didn't earn it. He only believed. And once you believe, you enter into that rest. Help me tap your neighbor say rest. 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 Let's, let's relax a little. Let's take drink a little more. Psalms 127 verse number 2. Psalms 127. Let's take 1 and 2 together. This life of Christ. This life with Christ. Is such a sweet life. Unless the Lord. Builds the house. They labor in vain. Who build it. Listen, until this particular statement, this scripture becomes a light in your spirit, you will continue to struggle. The day you come to realize, you come to terms with this truth that, hey, for you as a child of God, it is not by power, it's not by might. Your success is not by struggle, it's not by effort. 
Just as your salvation is not by effort, it's not by struggle, but simply by faith. When you realize that, you will not, there are, there are levels of favor you will not enjoy. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain will build it. Unless the Lord guides the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. The next verse. It is in vain. Verse 2 please. It is vain for you to rise up early. To sit up late. To eat the bread of sorrows. Look at this. For so he gives his beloved sleep. What does he give his beloved? Rest. Sleep. Sleep. You know, there are people eh, who think that sleeping is laziness. That resting is a waste of time. Do you want to know more than God? Are you wiser? Are you wiser than God? There are people who feel guilty when they are sleeping. They just be feeling bad. I'm supposed to be working now. With all the work you have been working, what have you achieved? With all your rising very early, staying up late, what has he achieved? I'm a smart worker. I rise early, I sleep late. Alright? But mine is not... There is a way you can be walking very smart, walking late into the night. It's not from the place of struggle, but from the place of rest. You don't understand now. There are, see, it is not working hard brings prosperity. Do you agree? Yes, if it is working hard, those who are pushing truck, they will be the richest in the world. Right? You know now, those who are carrying more, more, don't they work very hard? Don't they sweat? Do they sleep very well? It is not by working very hard. Somebody scream favor. I am not about to tell you to be lazy. I'm not saying you will not work, you will not get jobs and do business. That's what I'm saying. But as believers, we do not diminish the favor factor. The favor factor is what makes a difference in our lives. That's what distinguishes us from the people of this world. Hallelujah. He says it is in vain for you to rise very early. And then you stay up so late. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Do you know like we are told last week. Alright. Some of the illness you are battling with. They are just the consequence of you not sleeping enough or sleeping properly. Sometimes, eh, for you to get out of depression, to get out of something, just go and sleep. Hallelujah. That's what you need to do. Sometimes, if you are getting nervous, you are getting... Just sleep. The cure is sleep. Just go and sleep. Jesus Christ, who came to save the world, he had time to sleep. Hallelujah. You want to be more zealous than Jesus. There was this time many years ago when I when the Lord when I started ministry. I didn't know this then. I was putting up a meeting and I was fasting. Hey, I don't fast anymore now. That time was fasting, praying ceaselessly. You know, like praying from eight eight p.m. to eight a.m. in the morning, twelve hours. 
I'm telling you, fat. Pray. No prayer is as if you want to rapture your, your body, your spirit is lifting the earth. It practically happened to me. As I said, I was leaving the earth. Like that man who was taking, he was too good for the earth. God just took him. And then my body had to fall back. While I was doing this fasting, the Lord said to me, I heard that voice. He said, Hey, your faith is now in this fast. I said, God, hold it. This thing, heaven must fall. Low. This meeting, heaven must fall. I shone the Holy Spirit. I continued my fasting and prayer. I did not rest. The day of the meeting came. Everything I wanted to have for my glory did not happen. Is that the Holy Ghost not being in the corner? But then I told you. I told you. But I've since learned. Sometimes, okay, please get this. I know we have leaders, ministers, music ministers, and all that here. Sometimes the best way to prepare for a meeting is just sleep. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know, I know, many of you will not understand it now. You will not get it now. Don't worry. Five years, ten years, twenty years, you will understand. You get it. Sometimes to come deliver at a meeting is not going to pray again. It's not pray again. It's just sleep. Have enough sleep before you go. So that the Lord can have expression through you. Sometimes you just even stay away from this spiritual book and just read something secular, something natural. Get the mind off. And so the Holy Ghost can have expression. Hallelujah. In the midst of busy meetings, you know, meetings that last for several days, sometimes just take away and do normal things, golf, swim. And then when you go deliver, the Holy Ghost will manifest. But once you become too dependent on yourself, on your effort, you hinder the move of the Spirit. Hallelujah. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Jesus Christ was in the boat with his disciples. And then the Bible said he was asleep. Not a snap. Deeply asleep. There was a storm. Jesus did not know. If you were with Jesus, where can this guy to the sleep? Which can leader be this? Is this one a leader? How can a leader be sleeping like Jesus slept? There was storm he did not know. He had pillow. He told them, give me pillow. He had pillow. There is a way to sleep and you sleep very well. The guy was properly rested, properly positioned. And my father, my Lord, he slept. And those guys had to go and tap him. He said, oh God, carest not thou that we perish. If these guys were wise, you will know that. How can they stop, drown Jesus? If you were wiser, as you see him sleeping, you just go by his side. <laughs> Let us see the storm that will come into our house. Do you understand? It's simple. This guy did not know. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all that guy needed. Okay, okay. He's not worried. There'll be no problem. Let me do like him. He's sleeping. I just sleep. I'll sleep by his side. If the storm will not kill him, it will not kill me. If it will kill him, it will kill all of us together. That's all they need to have done, but they didn't know. They were carried away by the storm, by the circumstances. Say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And when Jesus got up, he said, Ah, you spoil my sleep. <laughs> if you know the dream, <laughs> if you know the level where I did. <gasps> and he looked at the guy, he just shook his head. Ah, <sighs> you took an He just said, Storm. Oh, yeah. Calm down. 
let me quickly drop this revelation for you. Sometimes in your life, okay, it will appear as though God is sleeping on you when you are in your storm. There are times, you know, if you're a spiritual person, you can testify to this. There are times and it will seem as though heaven has located to your room. All the angels in the world, they are your party. You will be feeling heaven. <laughs> as you are walking, you are feeling glory. As you are eating, you are feeling glory. As you are sleeping, you are feeling glory. There are other times, it will seem as though all of them have left you. <laughs> That you are no more a child of God. You'll be asking yourself, uh-uh, I'm not feeling the spirit. You go into, you will still not feel it. You worship again, I will sing, you will still not feel it. <laughs> it is not by feeling. You see, uh, your finance is being pressed. This one is being pressed. Where is God? It seems that he's sleeping on you. Many a times, many a times, that's the time he wants you to rest. Okay? He's saying to you, be like me. If you think I'm sleeping on you, you to sleep. Do you get it? You are too stressed. You are too worried about it. Rest. It is when we rest that heaven manifests. Do you understand? For he gives his beloved sleep. Sleep. And Jesus rebuked the storm. He looked at them and said, You have little faith. All you need to have done was to. Let's close this morning. Let me, let me add this Exodus chapter 33, verse number 14. Exodus 33, verse number 14. Moses. And used to the presence of God. And he knew the benefits of that presence. He knew what that, what that presence does to a man. And so Moses would not want to live a day without the presence of God. And so as they were preparing to journey into the Canaan, into Canaan land, Moses pleaded and he cried to have that abiding presence of God. And then God said to him, my presence will go with you. What will my presence do? Huh? And I will give you rest. Jesus coming into the world, all right, identifying with humanity, St. John 1 14, and the world became flesh and dwelt among us. The angel said, This one that you are giving birth to, his name shall be called Emmanuel. What's the meaning of that? God with us. My presence will go with you. So that presence, that God with us, he came to give us what? Rest. That's why he went about giving people rest. Do you understand? Because the presence of God brings rest. Alright. Let's now proceed. Now Jesus is no more on earth. But he has made rest a system. Alright. He has made it an institution. And all anybody needs to do to enter that rest is simply to look up to him. To believe. And once you believe in Jesus, you come into rest. Where it's no more about you, but all about him. Let me close. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Sabbat is rest. This rest is found in Jesus. It is not in Sunday. The reason why we come to church on Sunday, why we don't observe Sabbath Saturday, where we come on Sundays, because 
Sunday is the day Jesus Christ resurrected. And from that very moment, a new system started on the earth. So we come to church on Sunday to look at his glory, to fellowship with Jesus, and to fellowship with all the saints. And every single time we leave our walk, right? We leave our engagement and focus on Jesus. We feast on Jesus. We experience practical rest. Hallelujah. Every single time. Every single time. Do not ever be too busy with work. Do not ever be too busy with work. Do not ever allow anything to get you entangled where you don't have the time to look up to Jesus. It is in looking up to him that you draw that sweet presence of his that gives you rest. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is what? There is what? Liberty. There is freedom. There is rest. Lift up your hands this morning. Say Jesus thank you for giving me rest. Thank you for rest I have for my soul for my spirit and for my body. Rest for a sick person is healing. Rest for a poor person is prosperity. Disgrace and favor. And all you have to do this morning is just keep your gaze on him. Don't look at yourself. It's not about your work. It is not about your effort. It is not about you, but all about him. We believe God's word you have just listened to will transform you and deliver your inheritance speedily. If you have testimonies via this message, please contact us at Rainbow's Place, Lot 6 Ojumala Street off Okunoa Street, Adilu Bus Stop, Alodiapapa, or call 0703977725 or 0807510968. You can also visit our website at www.rainbowng.org. Rainbow Influencing You.